Sean, good afternoon. Hope you're well. Afternoon, and you? Nice to see you. Um, can I just start by asking you where you stand at the moment as a squad with with COVID and with injuries? Because you've obviously had your your fair share of problems. Yeah, we've got a few, but um, they're beginning to come back. We're looking a bit healthier on on different ways with COVID and injuries. Um, Ones that are missing, uh, Barnes is still getting over his injury, but he's beginning to get on the grass with us now. I mean, it'd be a bit of time, but it's good to see him at least around the group. Uh, not ready yet, obviously. Charlie Taylor's touch and go, got a knock on his foot um, last weekend um, in a training game, so he's touch and go. Um, Eric Peters is back in the building um, after the COVID thing. Johan's back in the building just today, and Eric Peters today, training with the group. Um, Dwight's been back with the group. Um... Dale Stevens back with the group first day today. Um, trying to think who else. Connor's Connor's okay. Uh, I think that's more or less everyone who's been missing. There might be someone else in there. I mean, it's been a it's been a quite a long list as you can imagine, and the different people returning and some going out because of COVID, and then obviously injuries and stuff like that. Uh, Woody going as well. You know, you add all of them things in the equation. Maxwell's still away, of course, um, or at least till uh, next Wednesday it seems, and we'll see what happens then. Um, but yeah, a few, a few coming back, um, but still a few uh, missing. So you would hope, fingers crossed, that you're able to play this weekend? I would hope so, yeah. Looking at the group today, um, we've got, uh, I think there was about 16 out there today. So at least that's getting back to where the group wants to be. Um, so yeah, we should be fine. I know everybody's been affected by the, the COVID problem, but with your size of squad in particular and the number of games that you've, you've had missing, just just how disruptive has the last few weeks been in terms of players' rhythm, training and playing and everything else? Yeah, it's been difficult, but it's just the reality of what it is. You know, there's um, varying clubs are going through the ups and downs of it and been through the ups and downs of it. Uh, we, we hope, you never know, but we hope that we've, we've parked our little spell of... Um, firstly COVID and obviously the rules might be changing or, or the, the, it seems the rules might be changing but anyway hopefully we've come through our spell probably the way it seems you're probably going to get more situations but as suggested if the rules change or, or, or you know softening the favour of the players to get more pitch time as in training time and quicker recoveries um, we'll have to wait and see but it's not just us look it's affected other teams we've had a couple of really important games in the sense of when the other the team were having troubles actually with COVID and situations and we were stronger. Um, you know, if they'd have got the team out there, we might have done better because of that reason. But everyone's going through it. So it's not ideal. It's not helpful. But it's a reality of the industry at the moment. You're, be, you're four games behind some teams. So I guess the fact that at least one game now against Watford looked like it's going to happen on the 5th of Feb, which is the FA Cup fourth round. is That's what Watford, I think, were after. Is that the common sense approach for you? Yeah, look, I mean, it, you know, it's a tough one because of the way the league runs, the way the FA Cup runs, of course. But, you know, we've got to try and catch the games up. You still want to try and have the best chance of them games um, having a, a kind of fairness, you know, because obviously we are going to play more games. They've got to be put in somewhere. Um, so, yeah, we, we, were, we were absolutely uh, fine with that, of course. How big a concern is it, again, bearing in mind the size of your squad, that maybe two games a week might have to become the norm for, for a short spell? Uh, well, it was the norm often through last season because of the way the season worked. Um, the the backside of uh, coming out of the COVID original lockdown. So, look, I mean, that's the adaptation we're going to have to make. Um, I don't think it's always perfect, but at the end of the day, it's there. F you know, it's got to be done. The games have got to be played. We understand that. Um, we hope the scheduling at least maximises the chance for us to have and maybe an extra day in between games, if it can, if it can allow that because of the amount of games. But we'll just have to wait and see. Did you see Arsenal last night? 
Uh, yeah, most of it, yeah. yeah. What did you think? Well, they've come a long way from an, a tough start. You know, there's a little bit more, um, slowly but surely, they're built into what the manager's been trying to get them to, to, to do. Uh, there might be changes, obviously, sendings off and stuff like that. Um, we'll see. I mean, but they're in a better place than they were earlier on this season. Um, and they've, they've worked to get in that better place. Um, I'm sure the manager's continually working on trying to get them to push even harder. Absolutely always a tough game going to Arsenal anyway, as many places in the Premier League. But we take on the challenge and hopefully we'll have more bodies available to actually have a better chance to take on the challenge. It doesn't seem a particularly settled count with the red cards and players having to apologise to fans and Aubameyang has the heart issue. I mean, do you have to almost just look for any percentage of an advantage when it comes to something like that because of the situation you're in? No, no, no. We have to look at the realities of the players that are there, not the ones that are not or not the ones that have got issues. We have to look at the players that are there. They've got some very, very good players. Um, you know, they've, as I said, they've, they've, they've changed the court, sort of way they were playing in the sense of the urgency, the, the edge, if you like, that I've talked about with our group. They've had a bit more of that as the season's come on. Everyone has challenges across the Premier League. You know, they're no different, but they've still got some very, very good players. I guess the fans will be watching the game, but also be very mindful of the fact that we've 10 days left in the window now. Um, you've got the wood money. Um, any progress to report at all in terms of your targets? Nope. Nothing at all? Nope. No. You've been linked with Andy Carroll repeatedly. He's a free agent, not attached to a club at the moment. Um, is that a possibility? Was that after the no answer or shall I answer that one as well? Um, it's still no. It's still no, no updates. Are you actually talking to players? Has it got to that point yet? In, in, you, I know you, you can only talk to players if they're agreed and you've got a, a, a deal agreed. That's the only time you can talk to players. So no progress report in, in any transfer dealing whatsoever this window? Nope. And I normally don't report it, to be fair, as you well know. So I've always tried to be respectful of other teams and other situations, and I still do, um, until I think the deal is open to talk about. How concerned are you getting with, as I say, 10 days to go? Because I'm guessing you and everybody connected with the club would want bodies in before the end of January. Um, if, the, if the bodies, as you describe it, are the right ones and the right ones to add to what we try and do and add to the, the performance level and add to the outcomes, of course, then I'm sure we're looking to do that. Um, but the reality is that it's no concern. Concern isn't going to change it. Usually, agreements, finances, they're the things that change the situation. Most teams have an idea of players they want. You know, it's simple as that. But, but the, the, the things that change it are certainly not concern. You can't buy a player with concern. Are you in a slightly different position this year because your your long-term strategy, in a way, is, is going to have to change because you didn't expect the Chris Wood departure? Um, I don't think the long-term strategy changes too much. I think the immediacy of, of what we can achieve, if we can achieve it in the market, is important. I think that's quite obvious. Um, but No, I think the long-term strategy is still there. I think the, the new ownership group have a a different kind of feel about what they want to do with it. But they do understand the immediacy. They do understand we've lost a, a, a very... Um, a uh, good player and a player who's done very well for us. They do understand that. Um, but but the, the rules, you can't radically change the rules. You still have to get players who can affect the group in a positive way. You know, there, there, there is no point in signing players who at least can't challenge the group that you've got now. Unless, of course, there is a different style. If they're, if they're younger development style players, of course. But what I mean is, if you're trying to get like-for-likes or players that are round about what you do, well, the idea is to get better players, or certainly ones that are on the edge of becoming better, um, or else there's no point. 
What are your relationships like with 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 the new uh, regime? Because clearly, you'd have an, had an established relationship with the passport. Now you've got new owners in who are having to get used to the idea of a window. Maybe having to get used to the idea of rele a relegation battle. How how much contact are you having to have with them now on a daily basis? Yeah, I've got open dialogue with the, with the relevant people that are involved and the ones that are really involved. There's people behind the scenes in the business side, of course, um, but certainly open dialogue with with Alan. Uh, Mike Smith, you know, they're the two people I speak to the most. Um, but yeah, very open dialogue with them. And they're as equally aware and, and I'm guessing concerned at the club situation as you are? No, no, they're, they're aware. Um, like I say, concern doesn't solve anything. The idea is, is planning, strategy, thought, process. They're the things that can hopefully make sure that we look after ourselves. So yeah, but they're, they're aware of the situation. I'm, I'm pretty sure of that. So hand on heart... You know, in the next ten days, how many how many new players would you hope to see in at the club? Twenty three. Again, twenty three. <laughs> Thank you very much. Have a nice weekend. Cheers, Pete. Thanks, Peter. Pete, PLP. Oh, Sean. Hi. Um, how difficult has it been in, in training and in the dressing room, and indeed? On the pitch, how difficult is it going to be without that focal point of Chris Wood for the first time? Well, he wasn't here all the time we've been in the Premier League. He's played his part without a shadow. Um, but there's other good players here that we believe in. Um, I've mentioned the last couple of weeks that we've had these challenges before and now it's time for the group to take responsibility, um, which I look for them to do. And, of course, the, the individuals who... You've got to remember, when a player like that leaves who's played a lot of football for us, there's always one behind him, you know, knocking on my door, saying, why am I not playing? Well... OK, well, there's a slot there that's quite open, obviously. Um, so, therefore, let's see what you've got. Let's come and take on the challenge. Have you identified somebody who, who's going to give you and, and all the players that outlet, though? No, we've identified things that possibly could, but there's no guarantees. You know, you, we, we can all sit here and identify whoever we want to throw in that position. But there's no guarantees for one you can afford them. There's no guarantees that you get that player. So therefore, first of all, Port, Port of course, sorry, is looking inside your camp, looking at what you've got, looking how you can work with them, looking for them to work with the team in order to be successful. So that's always the first Port of call. Pete mentioned uh, the games in hand. I mean, you look at Brentford, you're five games uh, in hand of them. <clears throat> is this, how do you view it? Is it a godsend at times or can it be a hindrance, you know, with looking at them all stacked up? Well, we'll see. I mean, the obvious one is that you, you, we, we didn't have a group that could take on the games in a competitive manner. Um, you know, we might have got 11 out there, but then that's it. And I, I don't think that's right and proper for the, the league, let alone for ourselves. So the games that got called off, we had to call off or, the, you know, through the, through the Premier League, of course, you know, when they look at the reports and they look at the, the group that you've got. So even though you might have a backlog of games, um, which we will have, of course, then we want the full squad to take on them games. It'd be very, very difficult to take on them games without a full squad. You know, and if we were just over the margin, we're getting back there now or somewhere closer. We want the players to come back and be fit and be available. And then if we have got more games, which we will have once the fixtures are put in place, then, you know, then, then at least you've got a group that can take the challenge on rather than being so, so in a position where you just can't take the challenge of the game on properly. Pete mentioned Arsenal as well last night and 10% afraid from the technical area onto the pitch. Um, do you take a, Can you take advantage of that with the, the sort of red mist that, that this team's displaying at the minute? Well, it's not something that goes into our game planning. You know, their individuals and their team ethic and what they want to put on the pitch, that's down to them. I, I certainly can't uh, do anything about that. 
All we ask for is our players to play the right way, to play play hard, play strong, but also play well. You know, that's the challenge of football. Um, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I can't remember the last red card we had. It was that long ago. Um, but apparently we are that really tough fighting team. Strange one, that. No red cards. I don't know. Must be some form of discipline there somewhere. How'd you win this game then, Sean? Playing well. You can't, you can't win at Arsenal unless you play well. You can't win Arsenal unless you do the right things. A lot of these big clubs, you know, we, we've done it before. We did at Arsenal after a, a big, you know, a longer period of not beating them, but we did. And you have to play well. You sometimes need a bit of fortune. Sometimes these things to come in your favour. You know, like I say it, I say it all the time about the big teams and playing them home and away. Um, and I say it with good measure. You know, the fact is, it's not just about you, but you. the start point is for you to play well. You have to play well. You have to defend well. And then if you layer on top of that, they could have a quiet day. They could have injuries. Referee might make a decision that changes the flow or change the feel. You know, you often need other things. But the start point is always for your team, that being us, to perform. Good luck, mate. Thanks. Yeah, all love one. Thank you. Perfect. Sorry, just quick, quick swig, and then I'll be with you. Sorry. Yep. Right. Andy Bays. Thanks, Swifty. Hi, Sean. I think it's four league games in in seven weeks that that you've had right now for Burnley. How big an ask has that been of, of you as a coaching staff to, when other teams are calling games off that your players are fit and you've had to to have sessions for them and and maybe change your week and now when you've called games off because of your own cases just just how difficult has it been yeah I think the the toughest uh, challenge that people sometimes forget is that kind of thinking where it's almost like we can use that time to work on other things but when you've got like 11 players training trust me it's hard to work on things when you've got 11 12 players and that's probably a lot training and that's not just 11 or 12 for like a day that's 11 or 12 for like five, six training sessions at a time, you know, until people come back from injury and uh, COVID uh, because of the way the rules are, the isolation rules. So you can't, you, you sort of just making sure they're as fit and well as possible, still making sure uh, the mentality is right as well. Because um, players get up for games, regardless of our challenge, regardless of the league title and all that, you get up for a game. And when it's cancelled, particularly ones that have been cancelled later on, you get that kind of slow down next day and your body just sort of slows down, the brain slows down. So there's a different sort of, almost a different chemistry to when that happens. Um, then you've got to get ready for the next one and lo and behold, that one's off. And it just, you know, it's this up and down period. But it's, like I said, it, it's, it's, it, it's the challenge of what it is. It's not, you know, we haven't had this exact challenge before. Excuse me, but we've had injuries. We've had periods when things are not going right. So we've had to use some of our reference points, use some of our um, knowledge and our experience get some feedback from the players as well. Um, and then the, the hardest thing of all, actually, is while you're losing players who are injured in COVID, is obviously not to push the others so hard that they break. So, you know, there's a balancing act. You know, you're already down to bare bones. And then if you, if you get a couple that go under as well, that can only add to the challenge and the problem. So, you know, it's, it's kind of that push and pull. Push enough to make sure the players are getting enough, both, well, mentally, physically, technically and tactically when we can, but also pulling back enough to make sure that they're, they're well and they're full of energy and not being pushed too hard where, where another injury might occur. Have you noticed that even if your players are, are now testing negative and coming back on day two or day three in the process you explained earlier, um, some players will take naturally a bit longer than others to, to get really back into to their maximum yeah, yeah, but that's just like an injury. You know, that's not just down to COVID. Your body will deal with injuries and deal with COVID in different ways. 
you know, I was talking to Johan Goodmanson just earlier and he'd had a bit of a niggly injury, but he also had COVID and he had like half a day of feeling unwell, but he still had to isolate. I had probably three days of feeling unwell, not drastically unwell, but flu-like and just a bit run down and all of that sort of stuff. So, you know, who gets what, how do the symptoms affect you? That, of course, leads you back to when you are allowed in and then, then how you feel and how, you, how productive you are. So I think that one's a tough one. And, and like with injuries, some players come out of injury really flying straight away. Some need a few training sessions to get back into it. So there's different, different, you know, different strokes for different folks as people and how we work with them. I know you mentioned a little earlier about the Premier League perhaps having a look at the, the guidelines for, for games being called off and games going ahead. Would you welcome it to be looked at, Sean? Because I know there's a date that the season has to be finished. I was more looking, actually, um, I think this is right. My words were more about the idea of the isolation and when we can get them back in. Because the same point, you know, if you've got players who, on the one hand, big debate a few, like a month ago, which I was open about, about player welfare and said, I think it's off the scale. On the other hand, if a player's been doing very little because of the isolation rules at home and then two sessions are meant to play a Premier League game, well, that can't be right either. So what I was suggesting was, can we get, if you've got three players have all got COVID, let's just use an example. How come them three players, if they've all got it, can't just come in, in a car on their own, be trained on a football pitch away from everyone else, in the open air, obviously, get back in the car on their own, pack lunch and some fluid. At least it keeps them in the role. It keeps their bodies going. Uh, the ones that are well, of course. So if you're on day three or four of an isolation period, but you're allowed in, I mean, most, not all, most training grounds nowadays, particularly, I think it's fair to speak of the Premier League, have got big areas where they can use away from everyone. The staff don't have to go near them. You know, we can, we can all use our voices, but they can still do a version of a training session in a more of a training environment. Um, that might speed up the process. Therefore, process of recovery, process ideally of not getting a further injury because you have at least kept the body going and kept the mind going and kept that kind of feeling of being around a training group. Whether that can be achieved, possibly, if the rules are going to change anyway, we've got to wait and see, as in the country's rules, and then that will drip, drip feed into football, I'm sure. Can I just ask about your available strikers, Sean? You, you can. It is an opportunity for them. Have, have some of them who've perhaps not had the game time they've wanted this season been into you for a conversation about it? Well, there's been, there's been a mixed bag, really, because Barnes has had a, a long injury, or a pretty long injury. J-Rod, every time he's been close, has, has gone either with injury or he's had COVID. Um, Vids is still struggling a bit with his hernias, so he's going to... He, well, we think he's going to need an operation. We're not sure, but it's looking that way. I mean, he's managing to get by, but he's not, he's not fully um, fit, if you like. So the, the one who has stayed fit and remained until recently was, was Woody. Um, the others have had a sort of a mix, mix and match season. So they haven't been, um, to your point, they haven't sort of had a, a spell when they're fit and well and running and, and full on playing, if you like, to, to where they can be, where they've had to knock the door. You know, they haven't, they haven't always been fit enough to be in a position to do that. So we hope that changes, quite obviously. Um, you know, we want J-Rod fit and sharp. We want Vids, uh, if, he, if he can carry on going or whether he's going to need an operation, that's going to depend on the pain and the way his body uh, deals with that. Um, Aaron Lennon's kind of come into that thing in more latterly around that sort of number 10 mark and Barnsley because he had a long-term injury but we want him to get fit we want him to get well again so it's not been the perfect season for that that idea of a, a balanced group in the, in the uh, centre-forward sorry um, so like I said I haven't really they're certainly not been knocking on my door all the time because they've never really had a good runner or a good enough run to show their true value if you like Is Jay up to full Speed now, Sean. You mentioned the issues he's had. Yeah, he's just had a bit. He's, he's, you know, he's had a couple of periods of being unwell. One of the COVID periods. Um, 
But, you know, we're, we're hopeful that he should be fine. Best of luck, Sean. Thank you. Thank you. Time. Thanks, Andy. Uh, Robin, BBC, much to do. Okay. Ian, PA. Uh, hi, Sean. Um, hi, yeah. Just a couple of ones. First off, we, we heard that Liverpool had had uh, a, a number of the cases that had seen their games called off had been false positives. I just wanted to check, had any of yours been false positives or, or they all been backed up by PCRs? No, I think they've all been backed up. I haven't got the exact um, uh, news for you on that, but I think ours all been backed up on PCRs. Okay. Um, you said you had 16 players in training today. If that number doesn't change, will you be filling out the, the bench on Sunday with some of the younger players? And if so, to what extent have they been involved in, in first-team training? We usually have done. I mean, if you look at our past, we've, we've always tried to get players' experience and get around the group um, if they're available. Um, so that's what we'd certainly look to do again. I mean, I, I'm not... You know, we, we've, we, at times we've, we've put the three keepers on the bench and that's more of a, it's not a show of how few players we've got. Trust me, it's a show of our respect for the fact that one keeper often misses out. So it's more about that. And other times we put young players on. So yeah, we'll certainly try and fill out the bench um, if we can, as long as there's uh, 23s. Sometimes, look, you know, sometimes we give them the experience of being around the group. It's not always we think they're ready to play, but they're, they're around the group, they're around the environment, they're around the first team environment. It's all part of their development. You know, not, of course, the main thing is being on a football pitch, but all of these experiences, being away with the team, travelling, all of these things are just part of a young player's learning. So, yeah, even if we don't always deem the player to be um, one who necessarily will, will almost be looking to get on, we still try and bring them with us to give them that extra bit of development about the reality of what it is. So has it been involved in training this week with, with an eye to, to, to making the bench? Yeah, we're just, we're just trying to use them. We've still got to keep their game programme going. So if, you, if you're talking, I presume you're implying about, say, under-23s, we've still yeah. got to keep their game pro, uh, programme going. So then you can't always have them train with you if they need games as well because the, 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 even with all the uh, stretch that we're at, we've still got to give them their development the best we can. Um, and sometimes players fall between the gaps where they're not quite in the first team. They can't get any football with the under-23s and that's not good for anyone. We've had to park some of the games, of course, because we've got to try and fulfil the task of the first team whilst keeping our eye on the fact that they're still getting games. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks, Ian. Alice James. Hi, Sean. Hiya. Just to clarify then, is, um, is Matty Vidra fit for, for the weekend or is he, he going to wait and see how he gets yeah, on? Yeah, he's trained today. He's trained today and it just depends how it reacts, but he's trained today and he was fine. Um, we, we touched on, on Jay Rodriguez there earlier. How, how important is a player is he now for you, given that I guess if you were looking like for like as to who your natural replacement for Woody would be, it, it would be Jay. And we've perhaps not, not seen the best of him this season, for, as you mentioned, injuries and illness playing a part in that. Yeah, I mean, he's been, he's been close to being uh, on the team sheet to start anyway. And then he's had, as he said, early season, that hamstring. Then he'd been illness and COVID and, and the like. Um, you know, Jay's got a big uh, history of, of playing for Burnley, of course, but also he's got a very good history of playing in the Premier League. So we certainly think he can operate for us. I don't think he scored a Premier League goal since, since last February at the moment, but he has sort of found his form in a cup a little bit. And we've seen that he's still got what it takes to, to perform at this level. Yeah, I mean, off the top of my head, I don't know how many games he's played since last February, but he must be due one then, eh? Absolutely, absolutely. Just on the on the window, does does the sale of Chris Wood and, and that money that's that's come into the club in in some ways is that making it harder for you to to recruit, given that 
everyone knows you've, you've had some money come into the club and everyone knows you're looking for a replacement? Um, I don't know about harder. It's just the reality of the market. You know, that happens to all teams. You know, you get some money for a player and they think you've got money and then the, the, the numbers change. That's just life. That's the way it goes. Um, I don't really get too bogged down with that. You know, I've said before, if, if you think your house is worth a certain amount and the bloke at the road sells it for more, or the, the lady at the road, for that matter, sells it for more, well, guess what? You suddenly think yours is worth more. It's just the way it is. So that's just like life. It's just like the, the industry that we're in in football. We, we've spoken before about potentially looking further afield and, and Maxwell was a, an example of perhaps shopping in different markets with the, with the new owners. How are you sort of able to do that as a, as a club? Have you invested a little bit more in scouts overseas? Is there more of a reliance on data? Are you able to get out to games a little bit more now in Europe? with the Well, the, the, out, the eyes on the road have been better for obvious reasons. You know, still a bit tricky certain places, but generally managing to get eyes on, on players, physic, physical eyes, you know, hmm. getting there to games, as you suggested. Um, backed up by the, the support of analysis, backed up by the years of following a player sometimes. You know, Maxwell was one have been on the system for a while, you know, been following that player for a while. Just got to get to a situation where all, all the, you know, the alignment works from the player, from the clubs, from the fees. Uh, but yeah, there's plenty going on behind the scenes of analysis to try and um, get the right players. It's still a work in progress. It probably always is. It, it seems from the outside that perhaps there's more of a, a willingness to go and, and look overseas than, than there was before. I was just wondering if that had sort of translated to in maybe investment in scouts or investment in data, etc. Um, I think there was some investment in that. I think the belief in in the, the risk and reward scenario has probably changed. I think you know there's a, probably a more open-minded approach as regards the the risk of the finance for a foreign player coming into Burnley, getting used to the environment, um, and the risk and reward of that from the new ownership. I think that's fair to show, uh, say. Um, I've always thought I was quite open-minded about that myself, but as I've said, in many reasons, in a right way, the outgoing board wanted more of a safe bet feel because they're still building the club and wanted the, the finances to be safe, that's for sure. So, you know, there, there's always been that side of it. So I think there's a, a more open-mindedness. But of course, to be fair, whilst I say about open-mindedness, don't forget when the new ownership came in, years had been put into more scouting. Years have been put into more scouting in Europe. So therefore, we are getting to a point, at least we've got some data, some background, some support and some um, physical year markers you know like a player we might have been tracking from a young player is now two or three years older so therefore they might have been playing enough for where we deem it they're in a position to be ready for example so to be fair a mixture of all that new ownership came in but also we've been putting things in place for a longer period to be ready yeah building from a better base i guess yeah yeah we saw we saw alan pace um put out a statement yesterday just on the sort of financial situation a bit amid a bit of sort of outside noise from national media and, and where have you is that something you concern yourself with I know you've always spoken about stretching not breaking the club do you ever sort of worry about the financial um, future of the club at all no no that's not my world you know that's for the business people um, the deals that were in place the paperwork all of them things I certainly don't oversee that um, I trust in what they're telling you I trust in what the, the club are trying to achieve I trust in the deals that have been done my job is to concentrate and focus on the football side of things. I do have a say in other things, but certainly not the deals. That's, that's not my domain. Yeah, as you say, I guess it's an element of trust, isn't it? You've got to, you've got to trust what, what people are telling you and see with your own eyes the, the investment in the club, as we saw in the summer, in terms of, uh, of money really, transfer. Uh, it's, just, it's just an element of, of leaving them to get on with the business, you know, me getting on with the football. Lovely. Thanks, Sean. All the best for Sunday. Thank you.